Radio. So now, like, randomly, like, he'll just finish a bottle, take him up. He takes, like, a breath. He's like, <sighs> and then, out of nowhere, you'll just hear that. And the one time I'm just holding him, and as that as that's happening, and it splashes all over my face, and I was like, now I understand why my wife doesn't like it when I do this. <laughs> Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And uh, yeah, it's a it's an MCU week, man. Big time. Yeah, I mean, well, is it big time? That's the thing. Is well, it big time? It's a big movie. Is it? Is it it's a big, big game changing movie. Yeah. Well, I a mean, that's certainly, up. certainly, certainly true. You know, uh, I think, I, I think this one is more telling about what we will be dealing with in the MCU moving forward. Um, and I'm not sure if everyone is really ready to take the ride. You know, I'm not sure. But we'll we'll get that into that at the end of the show when we do our main review for the Eternals. Same old, same old, no more. Yeah, for sure. Or yeah. or, or just a one off, maybe. Maybe. What Maybe things will be different because we are getting ready to come back into the MCU in a, in a few more weeks yeah. with some more familiar characters who we already got to know. So they those movies will probably echo and feel much like the ones we've gotten before. I'm talking about Doctor Strange and, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see. This, this, this could be a one-off. And when we get into subsequent sequels or tie-ins to this movie, uh, we, it, it might go back to same-same. Well, the nice uh, thing is, like, you know, for the most part, Eternals can always just be there. You know, so uh, also other than that, Jay, we have to do some news. I got very, very brief, very few news stories that I want to discuss, and then uh, we have a trailer park breakdown. Also, going to be brief because there's not a whole lot to uh, to pick up on and and talk about in this trailer. But it is, it's just another teaser for Stranger Things Volume Four or Season Four, which we do now have a a, a more solid release window four which will be summer of 2022 and then me and jay got a few reviews to do in what are you watching before we get into our main review for the eternals so on paramount plus i watched paranormal activity next of kin and uh jay has a a, a more indified review for everybody yeah i saw uh the latest film called spencer and the thing that everyone's most curious about and that is How's Kristen Stewart? And we'll talk about it. So uh, without any further delay, Jay, let's get into this week's news. All right, let's kick things off with our first news story. 
kicking things off, this uh, th- this one's kind of big news uh, because first off, Peter Jackson so much richer now. <laughs> uh, he, he's he's making uh, more. If he wasn't already rich, if enough. he wasn't already rich <laughs> enough, man. But Peter Jackson sells Weta Digital, the, the the special effects studio, to Unity, the video game engine company. So uh, the 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 entire idea behind it is that Unity plans to put the the extensive power of Weta in the hands of creators. So uh, they, 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 they plan on actually making it available to, to more, more creative types. So more, more movies that, that will utilize Weta uh, technologies. And of, of course with unity, more video games that will essentially be using this technology. Uh, and I think Weta has always been kind of like the, the, the junior version or or the the underdog to to ILM uh, and i think this firmly puts them if not if not right there next to ILM now ahead of ILM i think you're right i think i think you're right i mean this is a big merger this is a big thing for them and i think you know it's it's good it's good because you get to improve the technology within the two houses and it's just it's all for the better next news story RJ, this one uh, comes as really no surprise to me because you and I were actually talking about this when uh, we, we kind of heard that Wonder Woman was going to be getting a third installment and Patty Jenkins will be back to direct it. And I was like, man, she's she's going to have a lot of uh, not, not, not so much free time. You know, it seems it seems like she's going from project to project to project. But um, it seems like Lucasfilm has iced her Rogue Squadron film for the time being. It's just a little airborne. It's still good. It's still good. It's good. I know. So it is postponed indefinitely right now. And they, Lucasfilm is saying that it is due to Patty Jenkins scheduling conflicts. Now, that's according to The Hollywood Reporter. But some are speculating that things are not going so well for creative types over there. At, at Lucasfilm, apparently, you know the Disney Plus realm. What's going on with Disney Plus? That's left up to to Filoni, uh, with not so much overhead from Kathleen Kennedy at all. So Dave Filoni's kind of getting to go do whatever he wants to go do over on TV there with very little with very little overhead from her. But apparently when it comes to the movie realms, Kathleen Kennedy is still very much in charge. And we've heard stories of creative types not getting along with her and leaving projects for, you know, as a result of it. We know that uh, Benioff and Weiss have left uh, the, the project because they, they were not interested in it. They also claimed that scheduling conflicts with everything that they had going on over at Netflix and stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, the, the you know, the, the entire snafu that went on with Trevorrow, uh, who was supposed to do Rise of Skywalker. And then they had to bring J.J. Abrams back. So it's not surprising to or, or even too far of a stretch to hear a rumor that Patty Jenkins wasn't getting along with Kathleen Kennedy uh, in in a creative in a creative manner and willing to step away from the project, causing Lucasfilm to then say that it's due to scheduling conflicts, uh, which of course they would they definitely wouldn't want it to get out that it is a result of of finding it difficult to work within the the Lucasfilm the Disney system or especially with Kathleen Kennedy. It would especially you know behoove her for people not to find out that she's difficult to get along with, um, which this goes back to adding into the rumors that eventually Disney will get rid of her when her contract is up, all that, all that stuff. Um, I personally would love to see her go. Um, I, 
I don't think she's. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that's like she's awful for Star Wars. She destroyed my childhood with the with the with the sequel trilogy and stuff like that. No, I'm not one of those people. I just think it's good to see a change every now and then, and uh, I would like to see what someone else can do with Star Wars creatively in that executive producer role. Yeah, I think well said, but that won't happen. I don't think so either. Uh, she holds a lot of power. There's also a bunch of rumors, and I'm not. This isn't really as part of uh, a big part of the news story, but uh, some news has come out with, um, with with the release of the Eternals in regards to Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie, which is still apparently in production. They announced this week that Chloe Zhao will be the director of. Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. So it seems like every time uh, an MCU project is coming out, there's a new announcement for Kevin Feige's Star Wars story. Uh, so uh, I, I, I kind of, it's weird. It's almost like, it's almost like he's jockeying for the position where he's just like, just give me both. I'll take both. <laughs> I'll do Star Wars. I'll give you he's a cohesive sh- universe over there and or, I'll continue right. over with MCU. <laughs> He's not shy to multitask, no. and at the very least, he can at least give 10% or 20% of his attention towards a project. You know, that's the thing. He does a lot of fucking shit, so it de- it's really dependent on how much uh, percentage of time and attention that he's putting on per project. You know, it's it's not, you know, it's not equal, I'll say that. So I think it depends, and if you can get him involved in a much more, you know, involved manner, that's fantastic. I mean, it's really good. Then, like, a quick once-over, you know, like a couple, uh, you know, inputs on a script. You know, if you did, like, a reading, he's like, ah, I think you should do that, do that, do that. Boom. Pay me a million bucks. You know, it's... He needs a little bit more engagement, I think. And I think if you pull him in for something like that, for a little bit more hands-on... It'll be fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, a- absolutely. I would just, it's like I said, it's really nothing against Kathleen Kennedy. I just want to see what, what someone else's ideas would be for, for Star Wars. Because we've gotten some other people's ideas for, for Star Wars, and they're happening in The Mandalorian. And we all love it. <laughs> and we want more of it. And we're getting more of it. And uh, I, I would just like to see I, 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 maybe maybe someone else um, come in from the ground floor with an idea for a for a series and and just kind of write out the three parts from the get-go know where you're going and and head and and head in that direction next news story all right, Jay, Spider-Man, No Way Home poster released. I'm not sure if you got a chance to take a look at it. Not in great detail, okay. but I saw it. So they they encouraged us to 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 look at it in as much detail as we want. And here's what I'm picking oh, up. Oh, they did, and of course I did not. <laughs> <laughs> so so obviously one of the things that, that's very noticeable is up in the top right-hand corner, very small, is Green Goblin on his Goblin Glider, and that is now confirmed that it's Willem Dafoe. It's also confirmed that there is an entire slew of people. Thomas Hayden Church is going to be back as Sandman, uh, as evident by the moving sand behind Spider-Man's right arm. Uh, and then, of course, I mean, the Doc Ock arms, but if you notice something, there's only three arms, so that's that that's a little that, a little puzzling. There's also lightning coming down, which apparently is also supposed to be representative of Electro, uh, who is who 
Jamie Foxx is also now confirmed. Ray's Imes is confirmed as well, coming back as the Lizard. So, I mean, the, the poster is just doing a lot to just confirm a lot of that stuff that everyone said was rumor, and they, they, they weren't really willing to talk about it. Now, I think after the trailer and stuff, enough of the cats are out of the bag where they're just like, this is going to be as batshit insane as you thought it was going to be. But something that was more interesting than even the poster, Jay, is a leaked image that uh, apparently carries a watermark that is indicative of 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 the filming industry i'm not i'm not entirely sure honestly i skimmed this article because i didn't want to be spoiled too much you know spoilers guys spoilers so skip ahead to the 15 minute mark but apparently the leaked image involves a certain netflix vigilante with a horned helmet Ooh, yeah but apparently the picture shows tom holland sitting around uh a table with aunt may happy hogan and charlie cox Matt Murdock. And apparently the picture is considered to be authentic as all of the decor around in the background matches what we've seen in previous installments of Spider-Man and uh, the apartment in this trailer as well. Uh, and, uh, and apparently it carried that watermark, which is a signature tell. It's since been removed. Um, and apparently, just to bring him up again, Feige is pissed. <laughs> apparently Feige was, was very upset over, over this leak happening. Cause I think the Charlie Cox thing was while been rumored for a very long time, it was, this is like one of those things where it's like, they still wanted it to be a surprise for a lot of people. Um, even though like people in the know have, have been following, you know, the, yeah. the news stories and stuff like that. It, nothing, as long as it's not confirmed, no one can be upset. If they heard a rumor and they go in there and it's not there, but now that it's that, that it's leaked and it's confirmed, it's kind of like now everyone's expectations are going to be like, man, every time Spider-Man is fighting somebody, we're just going to wait for Charlie Cox's daredevil to come swinging in with that Billy club and start helping him. And if he doesn't, it's going to feel like a little disingenuous, maybe. But let's not forget we're universe hopping here. It doesn't mean that that Matt Murdock is daredevil in this universe or in the universe that he's talking with with daredevil or it doesn't always mean I mean it. It'd be fucking hilarious if Charlie Cox is not playing Matt Murdock. <laughs> he's playing like Peter's dad or something. Or he's yeah, right. He's playing like an alternate universe of something or, else. Or Aunt May's new boyfriend, which is why Happy's at at the table with him. He's because he's upset because yeah. he thought him and May had something going. <laughs> or he's just, or he's simply given Aunt May some legal advice. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know I mean, any number of reasons. Uh, but I would just love it. I, I don't know why. Because maybe because deep down inside, I just hate myself, and and I, I and then all of a sudden, like both of their like their like yeah. senses start to like you know, <laughs> it's it's just weird. I'm like one of those people where it's like I like watching other people be other other people be disappointed. So I would just love it if Charlie Cox is like, "How's it going, there, Spider Man? My name's Mitch, <laughs> and I'm your aunt's new boyfriend." <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. Uh, it's good to see you. Hey, after I'm done fighting Doc Ock, maybe we should catch up. Yeah, sure. We'll go to a Yanks game. See you later, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to know that, but your aunt, she talks in her sleep. So later, Peter. <laughs> and that's it. I would love that. Anyway, <laughs> next news story. All right, man. So this uh, this this next news story is about one of my favorite directors. Uh, I've absolutely loved all of his films that that I've now seen. I watched Boy recently, and I loved Boy, especially the uh, the 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 end sequence where Taika Waititi dresses up as Michael Jackson from Thriller, and they do a haka to 
thriller. It is fantastic. But uh, Taika Waititi has a lot of upcoming projects, Jay. So uh, we still know about his Our Flag Means Death, which is his 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 pirate story. He has an untitled Star mm-hmm. Wars film coming. Uh, he's still attached to Akira, even though we don't know when that film is coming. But Jay, one of the films that he has announced that I'm very much looking forward to is called Werewolves. And it involves some of my favorite characters from what we do in the shadows. It's okay, because I know this guy. It's Count Fagula. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 don't swear. Sorry, they, they yeah, we're, we're werewolves, not swear. What are we? Werewolves, not swear. We're werewolves, not swear wolves. That's right. <laughs> I uh I I can't wait for for this. I don't know why. It's just it, it, it's just like the, the like the little moments in what we do in the shadows that that brought me joy. Uh, and I I loved I loved the werewolf. So I would actually love to see something that goes back into Taika Waititi's version of the world. I'm I'm loving what we do in the shadows on on FX. But uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to to this. Yeah, I'm so excited because this is like one of my. All-time favorite little weird movies, and it's so much fun. Great click. It's it's going to be a lot of fun to explore these guys. guys. And of course, we would hopefully get our we would hopefully get our vampires back in cameos as well throughout this. So that's oh yeah sure yeah sure. I mean that's that, that in, that's in the same reason. way they they in the same way they cameoed the werewolves. Yeah. Hopefully they do the same thing with the vamps. And 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 looking. You know, looking at his IMDb, it does seem like Ray's Darby will be back for this one. So he's also going to be in Taika Waititi's 2022 film, uh, Next Goal Wins. So I can't wait. I, I, I love that this has been announced and it's something that, that I look forward to. Of course, Taika Waititi, like we talked about, you know, with Patty Jenkins scheduling conflicts. If you said it about Taika Waititi, it's for real. He's got scheduling conflicts. Like he has project after project after project. And uh, you know, while I look forward to seeing all these projects, I kind of, you know, would like to see him get a little rest. <laughs> so he's going to be fucking tired. Uh and you know, me who works a lot and is very tired at work, I can look at somebody and now recognize like when they're tired and just be like, "Want to have a lie down?" You just, you know, not off for a bit. You go right ahead. You deserve it. You earned it. You all have, if you're listening to this and you work hard, you're stressed out, have a beer, have a drink. If you don't do that, do whatever makes you happy and then have a, and, and have a lie down. Just lie down. Smoke a joint. Yeah. Just lie down. Take a nap. You've earned it. All right, Jay, that's going to do it for news this week. So let's get ourselves over and let's get in to this week's Trailer Park. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but there's a new wave. We've been on since God saved the right stop. I don't want to flow until I know that the bass drop. It feels like forever since we got a Stranger Things, uh, you know, episode announcement, anything like that. Because, you know, back during the pandemic, we were getting those teasers, right? We 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 got the teaser of of Hopper in Siberia working on the chain gang and stuff like that, confirming his survival and everything, and that he would be back for season four. 
And they've kind of gone on radio silence since then. Because by the time this season comes out, they wrapped production a long time ago. Uh, it, they are essentially going to be close to three years, I think, since the last season came out. Definitely two. Uh, definitely two years since the last season premiered. Uh, so Netflix has to keep people interested. And we haven't even had an official release date for season four. But with this new teaser, we apparently now do know that it will be coming sometime in summer 2022. Dear Mike, today is day 185. I think I have finally adapted. All down here, butts, bro, chachos. I even like school now. I have made lots of friends. Even so, I am ready for spring break. Mostly because I get to see you. We will have the best spring break ever. And that's it for for this teaser. It's literally just Eleven writing a letter to Mike, who she left behind when she moved off with Will and his family to California. They've left Hawkins, but they're going to be coming back for spring break. So I like that there's going to be like this this time frame, right? Like you know, it's I, I think with other Stranger Things seasons, we've known that it's like what's well, sometime around the fall because the kids dress up for Halloween. But um, in this in mm-hmm. this case, it is taking place during. During, during spring break um, and you know we see Eleven getting teased and picked on at school so we know she's kind of like the odd man out very much like Will has been for for, for a lot of people in the series so um, you know, other than that what we're getting story wise it kind of just looks like we don't see any monsters we don't even see an image of the upside down here or anything like that what we see is a lot of gunfire and it seems like the kids are going to come in direct contact with the with the government or the government agency that was performing the experiments on Eleven when she was younger and it seems like you're going to be taken to fight directly to them yeah which has I, me interested you know I, I, I am too. I am too. I just like to fall back into these characters. I hope the tone isn't too jarring, you know, as far as like a different kind of feel, different kind of world. I, I don't want it to be too clashed as far as like the normal aesthetic of Stranger Things, you know? So that's what we all loved, you know, initially. And I think that's My guess is, one of the things that it kind of continued to do. But I know this is going to be a new shift. It is. Or pivot. Especially because the kids um, the kids are now older and stuff like that. Awesome. I know. So, I know. And I think the seasons are are, are are straining. So I think this could be the last season. I don't know if this is the last perhaps, season. I, I It's either this one, perhaps one or more. the next one. Yeah, I know. I know, they, I know they have said they have an ending for the show. And they do plan on it ending. Uh, and I believe it's with season five uh but along with this we got teasers uh more teasers essentially because we have the episode titles for the season so there's nine episodes and the episodes are the hellfire club which is obviously paying a little bit homage to 
X-Men, uh, you know, if you saw X-Men First Class, that they're the, the, the villains in that are the Hellfire Club. And the Hellfire Club was the uh, was the team of of bad mutants, essentially, that the Dark Phoenix joined uh, in X-Men. And there's a great X-Men comic where all the X-Men are captured by the Hellfire Club and Wolverine is the only one left standing. And he crawls through the ventilation shafts and stuff like that. He drops down on a bunch of thugs, fights off a whole metric fuck ton of them and then takes the fight directly to the the hellfire club because before that he was very much a supporting character in the x-men universe but with that issue when they're going up against the hellfire club that's when wolverine really struck out on his own and became a standout character he had a great big splash page of him fighting these fighting these anyway it's when people really fell in love with the characters what i'm saying uh but it's just it's just paying homage to 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 the x-men and and probably the, the time frame that this story is taking place. Then the next episode is called Vecna's Curse. The one after that is The Monster and the Superhero. Dear Billy, The Nina Project, The Dive, and this one has me interested, The Massacre at Hawkins Lab. Mm. Yeah. Then the next one is called Papa. And I wonder if Papa is Aww. I know I know it's what she used to call uh, her handle her handler uh, in, in when she was when she was being uh, when she was being controlled and everything when she was being experimented on. But I wonder if it's a play on the fact that Hopper was acting as her father, and I wonder exactly. if that's the episode where Hopper's returning. I agree. And then finally, or reunited, or reunited. Yeah, I mean, I'm, we may get we may get snippets of him throughout the throughout the season and stuff. But that's when he will be back with the crew. And then the final episode is called the piggyback. Not sure. Sh- yeah, maybe somebody's giving somebody a piggyback. Maybe, I don't know. maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> I wonder if someone's going to go into the upside down with her. Like it's like a piggyback. I don't know. Uh, we could sit here and just speculate on those episodes. But I think I think seeing Papa. That's you know that that's where I was like okay. I think that's where Hopper's going to return, and I'll be happy to see David Harbor again. Um, man, what what like what a way to pull the rug out from under us if like Hopper returns and then dies like immediately upon returning, like like Willie busting <laughs> busting in in The Simpsons, <laughs> trying to save the family <laughs> and getting an axe in the back for it. The, you know, throughout the entire Treehouse of Horrors, <laughs> when he comes in to save people, gets an axe in the back. That'd be, you know, it, it would really troll people if if he returns and then just gets like an axe in the back and he just falls dead. And you're like, why? <laughs> why? Why? Why do I torture myself? Yeah, I mean, I think collectively we would all let out a very long, exaggerated and loud Darth Vader. No. And then many subscriptions uh, to Netflix would be canceled that day. Uh, <laughs> but I I look forward to it. It's just, you know, now it's coming out in summer of 2022. So it's a ways off, man. I Now, we talked about this, I, I think, you know, sometime. But like summer. I'm not going to lie. My enthusiasm isn't there. It's it's waning, right? Now, it, 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 it could it was ramp there. back up again to normal, like, you know, a month leading up to it. But... <sighs> It's just been so long, and I'm just kind of moved on from it. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, I feel the same way. I, I'm, you're not wrong. Like I, I'm excited for it because I, I know Stranger Things. I like Stranger Things, and I think, exactly, I, I think yeah. to get excited for it. I'm going to do what I do for a lot of like TV shows that I love when they're returning. I'm going to watch the entire series, and I think like once I once I'm done watching the series again, I think that's that's where I'll get into that place where it's like, yeah, 
I feel good now. I'm ready. I know I'm ready, but I'm not going to start doing that process now because then I'll cool off again because I have to wait until summer 2022 before it just comes out. Yeah, so it's going to be coming out probably. Uh, um, my guess is right around the same time that like school is letting out. So sometime in like that, you know, end of May, early June time. It just seems like an appropriate time for Stranger yeah. Things to come out. All right, Jay, that's it, man. It's time for us to get into our reviews. I think we've talked long enough about a bunch of shit that maybe no one cares about. or Maybe we're not being entertaining enough. You can let us know. Just uh, reach out to us on our social medias. You can leave us a voicemail. You can check out all the links to where you can find us in the episode description. Let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Always watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, man, I'm going to kick things off with this real quick. Usually we throw it to you, Jay, to kick them off, but I'll, I'll kick it off this time because I'm going to be extremely brief with this one. So uh, over the weekend, I watched Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. And the reason I watched that was I'm still kind of like in a spooky, ooky mood. You know, I'm not ready to give up Halloween yet. I'm not ready for the sure. Christmas decorations to come out. And God damn it, I was driving home from work today and I saw a guy who lives off of Trenton Road. Um, and it, it's a pretty main vein for 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 a lot of us travelers. Uh, you know, I use it when I go to Jay's house and stuff like that. But anyway, he's out in his yeah. front lawn and he was running Christmas lights. He had the inflatables out, and I was just like, "You fuck, you absolute." Fuck, I want to go pick up I my dog shit and return it, throw it. it at you. Yeah, nobody's going to want to go to Thanksgiving dinner seeing fucking Christmas stuff. But Jay, on my way home. The day after, thinking, sure. <laughs> while thinking, what a fucking monster of a human being just rushing Christmas down my fucking throat. I want to hurt him. Uh, <laughs> as I'm going home, I see like a bunch more places that are decorated for Christmas. And I was like, all right. Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> the whole world's ready for Christmas, and I'm just still trying to hold See, on to spooky season, which is what yeah. uh, brought me to watching Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. So it was streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus, and this is a whole new avenue for for Paranormal Activity. Not new avenue in the fact that it is a different way of telling the story. It's still found footage uh, and all the same tropes that you have with found footage. Like this is unbelievable that anyone would still be carrying a camera around while all this shit's going on. It's all there. It's all still there, but it is no longer following the, the, the family that it was following previously or, or, or even the same demon that it was following previously. It's a whole new set of demons. So Emily Batter uh, plays Margot. She is a girl who was adopted at a young age, and she is on the lookout for her family. She does a 23andMe type DNA test, comes up with a relative, and there that leads her to return to the place of her birth, which is an Amish enclave in the middle of nowhere. And she gets invited to stay with them to kind of reconnect with the family that she you know, had to be left behind all while searching for the woman who was her mother from there. Obviously it's paranormal activity. Some spooky shit happens. Some things move on camera. Some noises go bump in the night and, uh, they set the suspense in the same way they do every time with, uh, it's quiet. It's really quiet. It gets loud. It gets loud. <laughs> and then you jump. Did you jump chat? Did you, did you, did you? Sorry. <laughs> 
I'm I'm numb I'm numb to your noises. Yeah, uh, but but that's 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 what that's what paranormal like. If you haven't liked other paranormal activities, don't watch this one. It, it there's no negative or good thing about it. it. It's a paranormal activity movie. You're you know what you're signing up for. You know what you're getting into. It doesn't break the mold. It doesn't really do anything new other than adding new characters and a new demonic threat to the series. Obviously, you know Paramount wasn't like, man, I, I bet you people are clamoring for this shit. You know, this the the same way that they were doing with the. The, the same way that the studio was doing with the with the Saw franchise. We're like, you know what? I bet you people want Saw back. So let's really cram Spiral down people's throat. And then after Spiral comes out, we'll announce that we're doing another Saw and Spiral sequel. So, uh, you know, it's they're definitely they know what they have on their hands. What they have on their hands is a paranormal activity movie that is perfect for their burgeoning platform, Paramount Plus. And you can go check it out over there. Like I said, the only recommendation is if you've gotten a kick out of other paranormal activities, then watch this one. Why not? It's it's it's, it's super short. Uh, some scares are effective, some aren't. Uh, there's there's some there's some cool shit that goes on. There's a few nice story twists as well. So uh, overall, it's not bad. If I'm going to give it a score, it's like what's what's not bad but not overly good. We said meh, M E H. C plus, yeah, C plus. Hey, we had a president who who had a C plus average. George W. Bush, C average. <laughs> Just saying. All right, Jay, what did you uh, what did you check out this weekend for everybody? Well, I. Actually, first off, let me just quickly say I actually binged you. All three seasons of you, you know, obviously it's been a little light as far as content watching. And, Sorry, Jay, when um, when you say you binged. You. It sounds like to a lot of people, <laughs> you binged me, and then it's like binged how, and it's like, well, I've been filling. I've been filling your mason holes. jars <laughs> with uh, with my excretions, <laughs> and Jay has just been binging it, and uh, you know, some of it's quite mm. old, so it, it probably has fermented. Um, but Jay just <laughs> loves the taste of spunk. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, thanks thanks for binging me, Jay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, the the classic, uh, infamously famous and cheesy you series on Netflix. It kind of has a lot of vibes of uh, you know Dexter meets like Hallmark Channel meets soap opera meets yeah. It's you know, too cheesy whatever. for but me. It's too cheesy it's, for me. It's 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 quite cheesy, and I I had a difficult time in season one trying to power through it because it was just way too much. Um, but the fact that it kept on getting renewed and renewed, and and I and I heard like good buzz from season three, and I'm like, and I two and two guys that I know love the show and i'm like what and they were like i was not expecting that at all so i was like all right let me just give it a shout uh give it a little, a little try a little 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 extra you know wd-40 on yeah, the effort put a little and, put, put um, a little effort in it yeah, yeah I, I and and i enjoy it for what it is um i do enjoy the narration i i actually it's like 85 percent voiceover yeah and the guy the, the guy himself barely speaks on the show it is comforting he has he, <laughs> he does have a nice voice and it does remind me of you know my, my wife's been watching it so i i see i see a fair bit of it and i was like yeah. it's very it's very dexter like uh what I, yeah what i find which funny I, is you chose to watch enjoy, you on the same weekend that uh 
Dexter actually premiered. I know. I don't have Showtime Neither do I. Anymore. I got rid of it. <laughs> um, I know. Trust me. I, I really want to watch it. I do. I do. I think it's I, one of those from, things from where I, I want to wait till it, I want to wait till it's all solid out. reviews. Yeah, I want to wait till because I'm going to binge it. I'm going to binge yeah. it. I, I have to binge yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Same. Um, and because it'll just be helpful for me to power through like weaker episodes, I suppose. Gotcha. Yeah. Because this is such a, it's going to be a big change, I think, for the most part, and at the same time, course correcting the flop of the last season and the finale yeah it's all I, so, I think it's all about redemption just going out just going yeah. out on the note you wanted to go out on originally right 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 but it's funny Jay, uh, when, when we were talking about you binging my spunk i i kept thinking of the obi-wan <laughs> line where where he where he was like it was like a thousand voices cried out and then suddenly silence because you saw it on my little swimmers that's why they were silenced oh i thought I, like i peered through the dark hole of your body <laughs> No, why would you be? <laughs> and it was just silence. It was just silence. No, it's, there's an echo there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fun, fun oh, fact. Oh. I just saw that uh, Dakota Johnson has her own company, and she's like publicly promoting her own line of butt plugs. Oh, well, good for her. Yeah. Isn't that a fun fact? I hear a lot yeah, of people. Becoming, I hear a lot of people she's becoming in... like the new Gwyneth Paltrow, who's like who sells candles that smells like her vagina. <laughs> I like. I was listening to now. This, uh, the person that, that oh, I was God. listening to that was on a podcast was someone who was talking about. They were talking about sex toys and stuff, and they sold sex toys. So um, it, take this for what's worth. But they said, like, I can almost guarantee you that there's like three people in your office who are who are sitting there right now with a butt plug in. There's just people who um, walk around I, with them. And- well, I, I know for a fact the girl I used to date was a big uh, a big butt plug girl yeah she said she would do it you know when she's like vacuuming around the house See, there or, you go. like whatever like like I, I i just don't understand it though like is it it's motivation it, <laughs> I, I i know there's like you know prostate pleasure and stuff like that but i guess that's a little different you know as far as like that's more of a sexual act the actual butt plug itself well i mean like, me and you have a on prostate your i don't know if she has life. a prostate jay if she had a prostate then you may have been yeah with- but like the the then what's the girls into? Like what? Like what? What's the butt plug fetish? Jay, there what, what is, is a sensation? very like there is just it's a very thin wall between the vaginal wall and the anal wall. It's just it's just a little very bit of skin. That's it. Well, just just a little bit of skin. We'll, we'll we'll just we'll just dive that into like a Patreon episode, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. All right, Jay, you watched something else though. Uh, you watched yes, Spencer. Yes, I you. watched Spencer. So this is from Pablo Loren, who previously has done Jackie, um, and it's very on par in that same world as far as uh, Jackie was. You know, obviously based off of. Uh, Jackie Kennedy, played by Natalie Portman, which I really did enjoy. I admired that movie quite a bit. Um, I admire this movie quite a bit more. I think he learned a lot from that previous outing. And this is, which I love, is the opening title, A Fable from a True Tragedy. And I think that's very accurate as far as the description of this. Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana. And this whole movie follows a kind of a character study piece based on a three-day weekend in the countryside with the royal family. And this is one of those situations where this just is, you know, 
in the tail end of their relationship. Right. It's about a, a decade in, so it's on the tail end. I don't know how much more removed from her death. Um, it does not touch upon that. It's strictly about so three you can days, you can forgive Kristen Stewart for for dead eyes and stuff like that because probably very much so. It's angsty. It's very angsty. Yeah, I was like that, and, that, and it, but but at the same time, I know people are going to quickly think, "Oh, well, we've seen Kristen Stewart do angsty all the time," and that is true. However, this is by far. I'm telling you right now, I was looking for it. You know, I'm 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 a I have a love hate relationship with Kristen Stewart. She didn't bring any of her little quirks and isms and ticks into this role, which was fantastic. Well, thanks for cutting and, uh, me off because I was really literally going to get into that. So. <laughs> I know. Well, because that's that was my initial thing. That was my thing. I was like, okay, I it, you know if if she's going to be. The one of the one of the front runners for best actress in the Oscar race this year. I am going to be highly critical as far as like seeing if she brings out any of her Kristen Stewart quirks that is embodied in almost every character she's does previously. Yeah, um, in a lot of ways. So I'll tell you what. First off, the speech was really really strong. Um, you know. And I and, and I know some people if you watch this movie and you don't know Diana, go back and watch the footage. It is how she speaks. She has a very particular way of Oh, I talking, thought you meant like she had a speech like words. at one point. Like she No, no, she no, throws no, no, a glass not, of liquor down speech. and it breaks and she's like, No damn it, no. you won't listen to me. It's just the way she speaks. Gotcha. You know, it's very okay. British, it's very soft spoken, but it's also very uh like she's you know she's dating it's always enough like British less, guy. She knows what it's it always like, like very quick and less than ten words. Yeah. It's always just like I, I, it's just it's it's unique. It's unique. Cool. And um I you know, it I'll be honest though, I gotta give a little bit of a warning to people. This does not shy away from bulimia and you know, her depression and self harm during this stages in her life um within you know the confines of this royal family Do they also get the, into the affair uh that that was going on at the same time i believe at, as this like there was a she was having an affair with with, with somebody i mean of course it, charles was having it, you know an affair m- multiple times over with camilla but anyway well Cam- camilla makes a small appearance but it's it doesn't it doesn't really so much dive into all of that necessarily it's mainly the the prison that she's been living in and how much she rebels against it through ways that she can only do yeah i did see is, an article that like megan markle like reacts to this movie and like very much like yep that's why i'm now back in america <laughs> because there's zero freedom I, I didn't want, there's just zero want to live freedom. that way didn't want to raise it's, a kid that way didn't want to you know and, and people like my, you know, I think have like the royal family being this and that, blah, 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 wealthy and all this shit. This particular family? Hell no. I mean, it's, it is uber conservative and down to the point of boredom. And, you know, there's all this tradition. It's all this blah, blah, blah. And it's so predictable and it's so annoying. And you have zero freedom of choice or self or to go and eat what you want to eat at any given time or wear what you want to wear or, 
you know, go take a walk, you know, at any given time. Like there, you you are almost and you're literally in prison in so many. Yeah, ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get it. I watched The Crown. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, that that, that, that yeah. that's why it's a good time for this movie to come out because I think a lot of people are primed for this type Correct. of stuff because there's been a ton of documentaries Correct. about about the royal family and getting and getting deep into like the scandals and stuff like that. And then of course we've had The Crown, which is Emmy award winning and uh, has really you know buried itself in the zeitgeist and stuff like that. And then of course. You know, we have the the entire you know royal family still out there in the in in the press sure. and stuff like that. And sure. then most recently, uh, we we know that Meghan Markle and and Harry leaving not leaving the family, but but he essentially abdicated his his the royal duties. Yeah, they left. yeah. So and 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 so it's all of this stuff is. I'm not saying it's like coming to light because I think it's always been known, but now now the spotlight is being is being thrown on it. And of course, these type of stories they they are rife to be told. And also film. because you know, obviously, the queen is about to die, so the transition will be coming soon. And you know, it's it it, it could be a big shift yeah, yeah. In, in that royal dynamic and family. But anyway, score Jay, score man, come on. Uh, this is uh, I'm going to give this an A. Okay, I'm going to give this a solid A. I mean, this is. One of those indie movies that I absolutely adore. The cinematography is phenomenal. Um, hair, makeup, Jesus, costumes, you, all phenomenal. Did you just binge really all, your, all your swimmers into your pants when you said phenomenal? Yeah. It really is. It's oh, just I feel like Jay, it's, I feel it's like Jay's got a butt plug in. You know uh, I, I, it, it, it might be what it might be one of my best. It, it's definitely top three best cinematography of the year for me personally. All right, man, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. Tired of beating around a bush. I am ready to get into Eternals. You are about to meet the greatest warriors the world has ever known. Legendary. Fashionable. Powerful. Well, I'm sure that was a lot of fun for you. It was. Play nice. So, what's your superpower? You know that your babysitting privileges are completely revoked, right? All right, man. Eternals. This is this is a tough one to to kind of like dive into because there's a lot of mixed feelings about it, a lot of mixed reviews about it. Uh, audience feels great about it. Critics, not so much. Critics got a lot to say, and after I formed my opinion and kind of came up with my review, I went and read some critical reviews, and I was like, it's it's weird. They got so much to say about the movie, but I feel like none of it is actually articulated well there's so many reviewers that are just like using buzzwords like it just doesn't gel it just doesn't feel right it does and it's like all these like weird like little statements that it's like they don't get into why they didn't like it it's just ways of saying that you didn't like it without giving reasons why um and there's there's a lot of those out there and you know i'm kind of of you know a middle ground on this movie yeah, I think I'm a, I'm certainly a mixed bag. I and I think this is one of those mixed bag movies where uh, I think many people are going to come across a little, a little bit more on the warmer side or a little bit more on the colder side of that. But I think, you know, it's safe to say that this, you know, it's not a failed movie. No, it's just not at all. a different movie and I think people need to start preparing themselves for I this think going this is in the future. one of those ones where you know? in the future of the mcu with all the stuff that gets put down and set up we will look back at this more fondly 
then then maybe people are looking at it now. But Jay, let's get into the synopsis of this movie. So a, a group of individuals known as the Eternals are sent to Earth by the Celestials. The Celestials are ultimately like powerful beings that created the universe. They existed before the universe existed. They created the universe. They create life, matter, all of it, they are responsible for it. So move over, Judeo-Christian God, because <laughs> these guys have been have been putting in the hard work. <laughs> uh, and they send Cersei, Icarus, Fina, Ajax, Kingo, Sprite, Fastos, Makari, Druig, and Gilgamesh to earth there they are meant to fight off the deviants another race of individuals that were created by the celestials the the they uh wreak havoc on the world and they were the eternals were sent to earth to eradicate it of the uh, of the deviants and of course they are only allowed to interfere with humanity when deviants are involved and if you listen to their names they sound very reminiscent of gods uh, or myths from lore. And it's because they didn't hide themselves from humanity, but they only appeared when these mythical creatures, these deviants were around. So they fight deviants. Deviants look like things from myths. Some of them look like they have a beak and wings. And you can see how someone could think that that's a griffin looking like part lion, part bird with wings, all that stuff. Um, so they, they, they fight these things. They, they have godlike powers, godlike abilities. And then of course it all just ends. They go into hiding and they live out the rest of their immortal lives on Earth, none the wiser. That is uh, with the rest of the Earth, none the wiser of their existence. But that is until the emergence is been known to be imminent. Now, the emergence, uh, we don't really want to dis discuss what it is too much at this point. We'll kind of save it for, for spoilers. But the emergence um, is an event that is going to happen, and the Eternals are essentially figuring out what that is through the death of their leader, Ajak, who is played by Selma Hayek. And they have to investigate her death and in doing so find out that the deviants still exist so it's time to get the band back together they have been scattered by time and uh they will go globe trotting to pick up each member until they have to face their ultimate threat which may come from within wink Wink, wink, wink. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much more than that. I liked this ensemble of characters. I really did. Um, but Jay, uh, the one deviant, the one that kind of turns partially human and is sentient, Crow, uh, did you know that he's played by Bill Skarsgård? Uh, about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I, I was like, wait, what? That was him? Yeah, that was him. That was him. Uh, didn't know that. Uh, although, thinking about it in the CGI, I was like, that kind of makes sense. No. No, yeah. No. <laughs> no that that kind of does look like him. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, Jay, let's 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 just get into our, our, our general overall thoughts on the movie. And I want to start with you. <sighs> okay. Well, I think first off, I thought it was mostly well casted. And I think... One of the things that I enjoyed the most was that they gave the respect 
of delivering a lot of great screen time and character work towards each character, which was fantastic. And I think necessary, especially since you have these type of characters, the Eternals, and their position on our planet and their mission and their duty and who they are as people now after thousands of years. And I thought that was really interesting and seeing the changes between each character and how they evolved and how they handled it um, was, was really interesting on that. Just to jump in on that thought. I think that comes, I, I think that is also kind of to the film's detriment with a lot of people giving it negative reviews. Cause I think here is essentially a group of Avengers and instead of having, you know, X number of movies to get to, to get to or, or their own solo movies to get to know them, to get to know their personalities and then to see those personalities clash um, in, in an Avengers type movie, it, this movie has to do that in a much more truncated way. And I, I think they did it pretty well. You know, I think they introduced the characters well. I think they introduced the concepts to us well. I think yeah. we got a sense for their characters. And I think once they start interacting, especially at like that dinner scene at Gilgamesh and Thena's when they go to Australia and stuff like that, I loved that scene. I felt like this is a family. I felt like this is the way it works. And especially when they go to Fastos's house and, you know, Icarus being being the the all-powerful one, the brash one played by Rob Madden, he's the one that sits there and he's, you know, it's a part that's in a trailer, but it still got me in the theater when he's just... Just like, what's this table made of? I bet you it's made of vibranium and he smacks it <laughs> and it cracks and it falls in half. No, it's fall collection, Ikea. And it's like, that's that's funny. Like, that's that's like I I it's it's these nice like interactions it's nice, they have with but each other. Unfortunately, it was ruined for me because it's in the trailer and they only it, had right. one trailer. That's and okay. it always capped, you know, capped it off with that. But regardless, it still works. It had a laugh in the theater, and visually this was phenomenal. Very Chloe Zhao aesthetic, um, except personally, I didn't like any of the VFX work for all the villains and the, the deviants, deviants and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so, I get it. You know, so a lot of the action sequences and the designs, I was not a fan of, and and that was a bit disappointing for sure because it just took me out of it and it just didn't mesh well. Because you know, in Shang Chi, you could say, "Oh, well, Shang Chi had all that stuff." Yeah, but it. it but somehow it worked. You know, well, also, it, it felt Shang-Chi like a, a part is... of that movie more. It didn't feel like it was a part of this movie because Chloe Zhao's aesthetic on Earth was so much more grounded and neutral and, you know, and, and just more sensible. But here's and then my you thing. threw Everything in gotten... all these flamboyant vfx work going on it was just a little too much everything we've gotten from phase four so far everything post end game has had some tie to the previous chapter to the previous to the previous phases to phase three and stuff you know the and a lot of them directly reference end game well this does tangentially a little bit but when you think about everything that marvel's had come out you know you 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 think about spider-man far from home takes place after endgame and stuff like that but still very much marred by the death of tony stark uh and then then the next thing we get we get the disney plus tv series obviously you know falcon winter soldier 
definitely the echoes of everything that happened in Endgame in there and the ramifications of, of a world without Steve Rogers. And, wh- and what does that mean? What, what's a world without Captain America, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, WandaVision, the death of the Vision happened in Infinity War. So we're, we're still we're still dealing with with the phase three things that were going on. Uh, Loki, I mean, that entire character's arc was set up in Endgame. Uh, then we get Black Widow, obviously a character who's dead in the MCU, getting her own movie finally that takes place while it takes place you know after civil war and before infinity war it still very much is a movie of that old phase and even shang chi its main villain is a is is a villain that was set up way back in the original mcu movie iron man and shang chi follows the marvel formula this does not this is not the Marvel formula that we've come to know. It looks different than most other Marvel movies. It plays different than most Marvel movies, even though it has that blend of action, drama, comedy that we've come to know with with, with MCU movies. It doesn't have quite that same feel. You know what I mean? It it, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't over rely that, that sheen. I get that, but what I'm saying is it doesn't over rely on references to everything else. It's literally like it's trying to build its own world because there's a lot of concepts that we're getting introduced to for the first time here. Yes, we've heard about celestials before, but we've never known what they were other than big, giant, all powerful beings, right? Uh, as far as the movies go, if you read the comics, then you kind of knew all this was coming. But I'm just talking about the movies. So now now we have these these beings, these all-powerful beings that literally challenge a lot of people in America's Judeo-Christian beliefs in, in a one God, um, <laughs> finding out that these are creators of the galaxy. But I, what the fuck have I been kneeling in church for all this time? Anyway, uh, so y- y- you have that going on. But then you have a whole bunch of new characters, none of which have ever appeared in a post-credit scene or in any type of way. You're getting interested introduced to them for the first time and you're having to get to use to them very quickly before you move into this story. And I think also like where this movie leaves you, it's, it's somewhat excited, but also kind of like, I have no fucking clue where this is going at this point, where a lot of MCU stuff, they drop a knowledge, they drop a bomb where you can just be like, oh, I get it. I get where this is going. And and, and it's like, I'm very excited for it. In this case, it's not that. It's it's very much like it, there's a lot of head scratchers for people towards the end of this. So what I'm saying is th- there's not a lot of things for people to get excited about because it's not referencing a lot of things that they are aware of. And then by the time it ends, it's setting up a bunch of stuff that you're not quite sure where it's going where in previous iterations when we do a post credit scene it's something that's like oh my god it's that character I can't right. believe it you know it's it's the Hulk or you know showing up here and Shang-Chi and stuff like that it's you know here it's it's a whole bunch of the post credit scene isn't setting up the next Marvel movie it's setting up the next Marvel phase because I, I'm not going to spoil who's there but they're not characters that you've ever seen before. And the characters that, that they show you, they're so deep level Jack Kirby, 1970s on acid, writing crazy fucking shit level Easter eggs (laughs) that like you gotta, you gotta either be a deep Marvel fan or you just got to really like wacky shit and ready to take a ride. (laughs) So (laughs) I think I like, I kind of think that that's like uh, people's problem with this movie. And uh, yeah, diatribe over. <laughs> but I just wanted to get that out there because change you know, is hard. And I think this is one of those. Exactly. You know, any MCU movie is going to have a lot of 
notoriety, a lot of hype, a lot of impressions, a lot of opinions, a lot of, uh, you know, and, and at the same time, you know, I think I was mentioning this, you know, a couple of days ago, a lot of people grew up with the MCU. This has been around for so long now. So they've only known those previous movies and that previous tone and previous world and previous characters. So now we're big and they could taking a big swing going through different phases now shifting around going to start exploring different you know off the wall characters that not many people know much about and sometimes tonally it's going to be a lot different and it's going to be hard change is hard some people just aren't going to be able to right and and it doesn't it. and it doesn't have the level of comedy that Guardians of the Galaxy had to fall back on cuz when Guardians of the Galaxy came out it was different than the whole rest of the MCU but it had that comedy level to fall back on this doesn't have that it has comedy in it sure there's moments there's chuckles there's belly laughs yeah. uh, but but it, it's not played for fun you know right. throughout is, the whole movie it is not the same thing as Guardians of the Galaxy however it is dealing with the same type of cosmic level threats and stuff i mean you know the first time we actually dealt with uh, Infinity Stone, I believe that we knew was an actual Infinity Stone was Guardians of the Galaxy. And that, guess what, was a complete departure from the entire rest of the MCU, but refreshing because, again, it had that comedy to fall back on. It had that great, you know, James Gunn injected into it. This, I, I, I think, is setting up a lot for the whole rest of the phase to come. But it doesn't have it doesn't have the narrative of a James Gunn, right? It, it's it's being told to us by someone who is very much a visual storyteller, Chloe Zhao. She's very much a visual storyteller. Yeah, and a patient storyteller. Very much so. And it's it's a bit long. It's two hours and thirty six minutes, and I it, it it should be tighter. And if there's everything. Sure. If there's anything you know about us nerd boys, it's that like we we, we want our shit. And we kind of want it right now. We want to we want to get real geeked about it, and we get really excited to get geeked about it. But when it takes two hours and thirty minutes to get geeked over it. Get tired, ready for a nap. I'm gonna scratch our neck beard a little bit. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, here's here, breaking it down. Here's here's what I like about the movie. I like the characters. I like all the I, I liked all the actors in the roles. I you know I I really enjoyed the visuals. I I think Chloe Zhao's just you know like uh, Gareth Edwards. She has a great way of showing scope and scale and stuff like that. Um, I there's there's images in the background toward a final fight that I really really enjoyed. There are um, images in the beginning of like the ship flying into Mesopotamian stuff where you know you, it, it it's it's gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. I agree with Jay that the CGI on the deviants. Not so great, especially the main deviant who who winds up becoming almost like a main antagonist, sort of. Uh, I, I think that character is introduced in the second act, midway through the movie, shows up in the third act during the final fight, and amounts to absolutely nothing. That character could have been written out completely, and we could have gotten more with the characters that I want to like more, the Eternals. Um I think that character could have just been taken out altogether. However, you know, I really enjoyed the setup. I really enjoyed the whole let's get the band back together in the second act. It's the third act where it really let me down. Some characters make choices that don't quite make sense to me, and I can't say what they are because it'd be a major spoiler. Um, And then at the very end, they have a complete character change and turn, and they're like, you know what? I'm wrong, and let me show you that I'm wrong by doing this thing for you, and now I'm going to go away forever. And I'm like, okay, okay, what? Forever. Why? Forever. Forever, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, 
it's it, I get why people some people see it as a mixed bag. Um, and I know I spent a lot of time defending it. It does have its problems, but they're minor. I think if it if these minor problems were in anything else other than an MCU movie, they'd be completely overlooked. But the fact that they're in an MCU movie and MCU is, you know, rightfully at the top of of, of box office and stuff like that because it's been so good and people have come to expect that when it has even a minor misstep, um, people are ready to, to, to jump on it. And I, I watch this and I still think this is better than most of the things that were in phase two. Like, this is still better than Thor dark world. I think it's better than Iron Man three. I think it's better than, you know, um, Iron Man two, even you know, like, it's, it's better than a lot of the shit that we've gotten in the past. I'm still, but so I'm down with it. It's just not quite as good as a Shang-Chi or a black Panther. Well, or, it doesn't like, have the rewatchable factor either. I no, it really one doesn't. Of the, right. That's one of the more troubling things about it is, is that it's not going to bring a lot of kids wanting to rewatch these movies. And I think it's going to, they're going to feel the effects of that. Yeah, n- Not to mention a lot of what's going on in this movie, the, the whole subtext to this movie is faith. It's religion. It's, 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 you know, dogmatic law. It's, it's, and, and that's, that's strange for a lot of people to not really wrap their heads around, but it's, it's it's a concept that is usually reserved for something that Jay would talk about in Indie Corner, you know. Uh, it's it's something that's reserved for like Oscar Beatty stuff, uh, you know. It, but but at its core, that's what this movie's about. This movie is about having purpose and having a faith and belief system, only to have that shattered and shaken to its core. Yeah. That's 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 a, a kind of a little bit heavier than what the MCU has delivered us previously. And I'm not quite sure if they did a great job presenting it in that way, because when you and I were talking pre-roll because it's spoilers, so I don't want to I don't want to mention it here. But you and I were talking about a certain character and, and why that why this character has a certain flaw that causes them a glitch that causes them to attack the other Eternals. And they explained it in the movie. But. It happens in such a dialogue-heavy time in the movie where there's a lot of info dumps throughout this entire movie just to try to explain itself um, that you missed it. And I, I didn't jump down your throat for missing it. It's just it, I, I bet you you missed it. Some other people missed it. And it, it's just one of those things where it's like they had to explain so much in this mm-hmm. short amount of time that normally these these type of level of characters would have had several movies to to, for us to get to know them and to understand them. And here and we got to do it some, in a short and, amount of time. And, and unfortunately, some things and dialogue delivery was delivered kind of flat, you know, yep. in some I can't ways. do it so, anymore. Jay, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> we got to do spoilers. So score. What is well, it? What do you got? But really quick, I just want to point out, you know, this film has a very low cinema score of a B, which is pretty low. Um not normal for for a lot of Marvel MCU movies, and you know, with the forty eight percent Rotten Tomatoes, underwhelming as well. But it did a lot better than Dune in the box office. For example, it made seventy one million dollars this past weekend. Now, yeah, Marvel logos uh, sell tickets. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Now <laughs> I understand the that. legs. We'll see. Who knows? But my grade is a C plus. Okay, my grade's a B plus. I. Uh, 
Like, I'm not going to sum it up. I think I did that. I did that enough. I enjoy the characters. I like the first and second act of the movie. I think it kind of falls apart a little bit towards the end. Um, I think they really try to set a lot up here, and I'm curious to see what what that is in future installments in the MCU. I'm very excited for for a sequel to Eternals or some sort of spinoff from this. Um, and I uh, yeah, if if it wasn't for 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 just that that final fight and some stuff happening there, I I would probably be really stoked on this movie. If it wasn't for some characters making some 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 choices that I I don't quite understand where where that choice comes from then I'd probably be more on board with it. And also, this is a Marvel movie, so it's definitely part of the review. If the end credit scene made more sense to me. But I am a huge Marvel Comics fan. I've read a lot of Marvel Comics. This end credit scene even had me going onto the Wikipedias trying to educate myself. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, Jay, let's get into our spoilers. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. All right. So the character that that, that really bothers me, and I, I know I danced around it a lot, but it is that deviant. I think I think his name's Kor or Kurg or something like that. Uh, it, it, he he is the one who is the deviant that starts draining the power of the other internals. And first off, when that started happening, I was like, why has no other deviant done this in the past? <laughs> You've had five fucking thousand years to drain one of the ten Eternals that has shown because up. Earth is special. Yeah, yeah, because because now it's special. Uh, why haven't you done this already in the past? But anyway, you're doing it now. And for some reason, they become more and more human as they do it. And then they so th- they kind of meet them in the Amazon, and then that character goes away and they show up towards the final fight and Angelina Jolie's character is like, I got them and takes them off into a cave and they fight in a cave until, you know, only one is left standing. And I was just like, "Uh, okay, we didn't need this character at all because literally they show up and, and what I thought was going to happen was because the Eternals found out that they've been lied to by the, by the Celestials that the Deviants would also be like, you, you, Guess what? We've been fucking lied to, too. By the way, you're murder bots who were sent here to fucking eradicate us for doing our program job. Fuck you. And then it's like, but since you guys want to say fuck you to the Celestials, I thought he was going to come and help them. Because <laughs> that makes narrative sense. But instead, they're like, nah, he's just an angry, half deviant, half eternal guy. We're going to take him out of this equation and he's going to go fight off in a cave with somebody else. And I was just like, wait a minute, why? It seems like he should be just as mad at the Celestials as the Eternals are for being lied to this whole time. Alas. And then, of course, the other character that pisses me off is Rob Madden's character, Vicarus, who dogmatically goes along with what the with, with what the Celestials are saying. And he's like, no, we have to allow yeah, Earth to be I had a cracked like a giant. With him. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, we got to allow Earth to be cracked like a giant egg so this Celestial baby can rise, I suppose, uh, because that's what we've believed our entire that's lives. Their and duty. Yeah, duty and stuff. I, I I get the idea of why he turns on Cersei and the rest of, of the crew, and I get why other ones side with him because also because they're turning on him and right. they're turning on the duty, and he thinks that they're the one, they're the bad guys. Also, you know? what I loved was Kingo, who doesn't show up to the final fight, where he's just like, I kind of agree with Icarus, but I don't want to hurt my family. I don't want to fight my friends. So that was interesting. That I'm going to be out of the fight. I'm not going to be part of the fight. I'm just yeah. And I was like, he's an agnostic. He's a fence setter. And and it's also 
on par with the character, I think. In I a think lot so of too. too. Uh, so so he kind of he just kind of abstains from the entire thing, washes his hands of it, punches pilot, you know, and I know I'm making a lot of religious references for a guy who doesn't believe in any type of organized religion or doesn't even real. I'm an atheist. So, um, but I went to Catholic school. So when I watch this, I see people who have been brainwashed into thinking into one type of religious, you know, thought process literally me my entire life and then being awoken by getting out there and living in the world with humanity and it's like that was me that was called college in my 20s so <laughs> so i i really resonate with cersei and the rest of these characters cersei got some good dick from fucking dane the fucking black knight who we don't get to see mm. in this movie um but played by kit harrington and she's taller than him and he's short and she doesn't even fucking care because <laughs> he's just fucking cute as a button let me tell you <laughs> so she got out there she got some dick that wasn't icarus's and she's just like humanity is worth saving and that's the same thing that happened with me you know i got out of catholic school and i was well just like, guess what and kit might be a little more special than what's led on well we're in spoilers so yeah he's the black knight we know that he's the black knight we've known he's the know. black knight and they kept saying black knights in this movie black knights in this movie so i was really excited to see black knight show up and and show what he's but got. were you surprised that he didn't really do anything oh my god i was very surprised that he was in the first you know 10 minutes of this movie and he they, he's then regulated to voicemails and one video phone call and i'm just like that's it like that's all we get and then he gets he gets a mid-credit scene which is kind of cool but or a post-credit scene but other than that like yeah he was he was completely out of it it was really a, a nothing introduction for this character for kit harrington now he's going to be in subsequent other movies and stuff like that. He he is going to be Black Knight, who has who has been a, a core member of the Avengers since I believe like the seventies and eighties. So, anyway, Icarus, after saying I'm going to fight you all, I'm up. You know, I believe that we should allow this celestial be born and destroy the Earth. Bright joins him, and I forget who else joins him. Someone else joins him. Um, but anyway, after he's defeated by them. And Cersei, you know, controls her powers and makes them amplified and everything like that. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to give my power to Cersei like the rest of the Eternals are doing. We're all going to give our power to Cersei so that she can do what she needs to do to stop the Celestial from rising. And then I'll be so ashamed of myself and I'll just say I'm sorry and I'm going to fly myself into the sun. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. He just... He's- just he just Mr. fucks off. Mr. Coward suicide. I would have rather like either him have to fight to the death or just get to the point where like they're trying to like have some type of redemption cry fest. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, I don't and know. I, I kind of wanted it to be like where Cersei's just like, you're pathetic and just walk away from him and fucking go do what she's got to do. Like, I don't even fucking need your power. I'll do it without you. And then after that, he's so ashamed that he flies into the sun because... Cersei, who's always kind of like they talk about, she's kind of like the weakest of them, right? Like, what can she do? Yeah, if something she could turn things into a different form of matter, but she can't turn, you know, she 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 can't turn a sentient being into an it, like it has to be all inorganic material. But then, of course, when that you extrapolate that out, and you're just like, but wait, you can turn any type of inorganic material into what? anything you want it's oh that, that's kind of infinitely powerful um, yeah but she doesn't use it like 
in a fighting way. It's more of like a survival way. Like well, that's she's why it's saving more, people. Right, but that and but that's why it's more that's why it's more shocking when you find out the application that she can use towards the celestial at the end because it's a completely defensive power. But anyway, uh I, I don't want to get like too 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 much deeper into it and stuff like that. But like those those were the things that like that, that really bothered me. Um I don't want to sit here and do like a whole story breakdown because anyone who followed us here into the spoiler section, they 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 know what I, they know what we're talking about. I don't need to I don't need to break it all down. But let's let, let's get to these to these uh mid credit scene and post credit scene. So the post credit scene has some interesting characters in it, like Harry Styles as Eros. Which Jay, I'm sure you've looked this up, but you know that he is the brother of Thanos, right? I do, and apparently, when you when you read the the character, it kind of makes sense that he was cast. <laughs> yes, um, uh, he has the, the ability to make people I was, fall in love, right? But but the weird thing him. was, I didn't. Like the costume was garbage. It looked just like Harry Styles in a costume. It, it didn't look like a character necessarily you know that that was my biggest drawback from it i'm like okay you can you can like hire him but like add a little something something to him to make him stand out a little bit more unique than just looking like a normal harry styles in a yeah and then of course we get Patton oswald as pip the troll um so they 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 essentially are (laughs) they are eternals just like the Eternals we followed on Earth, who, like the Eternals on Earth, have figured out that uh, everything they've been told from the Celestials is a lie. We, you know, we, we do not come from Olympia. We come from a world forge that just fucking created us. We are essentially replicants from the Blade Runner universe, implanted with false memories, sent out there to destroy things, and then let a celestial rise, return, let our brains get washed, repent, and re- we're taking it to the Celestials. What? And that's that's like what it is like. We're gonna have these Eternals just out there, dozens of them, taking it to the Celestials. Um, it's kind of interesting. I like I I get where they're going with it. I kind of think some of it's gonna show up in Guardians of the Galaxy. So uh, or Guardians like this is all so cosmic that it's like I feel like Guardians, Nova Corps, like all that stuff needs to be involved with this. It just makes so much sense. Uh, and then of course, Jay, we get the uh, we get the we get the other scene which has Kit Harrington as he is receiving the ebony blade from his uncle. He mentions his uncle. He mentions that he doesn't like his uncle. Cersei mentions to him before the world ends that maybe he should go and reconcile with him. He doesn't like his uncle because his uncle's a criminal. He's given his family a bad name. Um, So if you don't know the Black Knight, the Black Knight uh, is the wielder of the ebony blade. The ebony blade was created by Merlin, who in the Marvel comics at the time that he was Merlin, he was also known as the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, same title that Doctor Strange carries now. He created this ebony blade, uh, and the ebony blade, it actually steals the souls of its victims. Kind of brutal. Uh, uh, and throughout history, everyone in Dane's family has been able to, wheel, or, or someone in Dane's family has been able to wield the ebony blade. Many of them were were bad guys. Some of them were good guys. Dane is, this version of him, is a good guy. Um, but his uncle was a bad guy. So uh, he has mixed feelings on his uncle because his uncle was a criminal. So he, but he still goes and he receives the ebony blade and we kind of get often off in the background. Someone said, are you sure you're ready for this? Do you know who that voice was, Jay? Oh, shit. I did look it up. 
Um, it's, it's Mahershala Ali. Yes, that's it right. Is Blade. 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 Yeah. It is Blade. So this is the first canonical appearance of Blade. What does what does Black Knight have to do with Blade? Well, I guess they both kind of carry swords. Uh, the Daywalker himself, Blade, um, has. He, I guess they carry a sword, and I guess they, I, they're just gonna hunt vampires together. Why not? Sounds fun. Black Knight, Blade, yeah, the yeah, Daywalker, out there hunting vampires. Sure. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, I, like I said, like it sets up a lot. It sets up a lot. But I think it, it, it this movie failed itself in the end, <laughs> in the end. But I still love this idea of, you know, people having a, like a faith that has been crammed down their throat, all the Eternals. Only to have it shaken and then question it and then ultimately have to fight against it. Like that's that's just humanity, man. Like I feel I like I I do love that aspect of the story. And sometimes I think they didn't lean hard enough into into that. Yeah, but the but you gotta remember, this is a four quadrant film. You know, you can't get too heavy. I understand. I understand. But like from my standpoint, like I said, as someone who went to Catholic school, as someone who who is just a curious person by nature and then questions everything that is told to me to then find out some realities about my 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 religion and stuff like that to have it shake me to the core to the point where I'm like, I'm not that anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? I get the character arc of Cersei. I get it. But I also get the character arc of Icarus, who when Ajax confronts him with with this information, with like the Celestials have lied to us, we're we're essentially fancy fucking robots sent here to destroy shit. He's like, oh yeah, I can't have you telling the others, you're dead, because <laughs> obviously, as the most powerful one, he thought that the Celestials would choose him to be the leader, right, right, and right. and but when it was Cersei, when Ajax chose Cersei instead, because she gets to choose the leader, kind of crazy. I was like, all right, I, I get it. Now I get why he's upset. Now I get why he wants to fight the rest of his family. What I don't get is why at the end he all of a sudden doesn't. <laughs> uh, Jay, any yeah, uh, final thoughts on Eternals? I don't know. The, you know, there's just one of the, I mean, spoiler wise, I guess I don't really have much to touch on um, necessarily. I think overall this is just one of those movies that i doubt i'm ever gonna re- re- really rewatch. to be honest I'm, I'm gonna have it in the background movie perhaps from time to time i get you i'm not down, excited down to the future, it but i'm not you know i i i got it it wasn't complicated for me to follow um not necessarily but like you know i got it it's it just it just wasn't a terribly enjoyable experience for me. Bef- and and I appreciated a lot of it. I, I respected what they were trying to do. And I think some of it worked and some of it didn't. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's just a big mixed bag for me. Let's uh, let's just give shout outs to my two favorite people in the movie. Uh, Druig played by uh, Barry Keegan. Keegan. Um, I, yeah. I loved him. I thought he was the bad guy. I said in our Charles Park breakdown, he was the really bad guy. Really good cast. Yeah, really, really good casting. Re- really well casted. Really liked his character. He he really brought like that 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 dry humor. That very just like that the very dour individual. Um, but still has a heart. No, of gold. but no, but no, but well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like I, more than anything, it's he's tortured because he knows he knows everything. He can cure this planet. Of everyone's mentalities and but thoughts, and, and 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 have peace on Earth essentially, 
And he's tormented by the fact that he can't do that. Very and interesting. I know. It, it, it was really powerful because, yep. you know, they did a great job with writing that character. It was just enough to keep you on edge with him. And then, um, and and yet you still see the frustration and the emotion. And then of course they they kind of shoehorn in a uh, love uh, uh, yeah you know, a, a love angle with Makari, uh, which, which I, I love because and and yeah. again I, I'm so happy to see so much more of sign language and deaf characters in Hollywood lately. And I also really liked um, Harish Patel who played Karun. Uh, he played the attaché to <laughs> to. Kumana Gianni's He was Kingo. so good. So He's good. So good. I can't yeah, but, believe how much they gave him. He, he was really it, strong. But like so first always off, it's really funny how he him. how he always just was able to come up with a camera no matter who broke a camera on him and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, Every too. character breaks a camera, he pulls one out. But I really loved the moment where they were like, Hey Parting ways, right? We are like said, we're goodbye. gonna go fight to the death. And like Kingo tells him, like, you should probably go home and like, you know and he's like, And what? wait for the end of the world i'm here with the original superheroes like i like i I could be useful here and it's like i i like that like i like that there's like a human in this he's like a human hero of some some to some degree to some degree exactly because he's just speaking up for humanity and stuff like that when when i mean when essentially these gods are discussing whether humanity should live or die yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I, you're I, not wrong i liked his character there so i like i'm gonna end our discussion there that's gonna do it for super movie bros this week uh yeah check out our social medias or uh reach out to us any questions any comments that you would like to make you could do that uh by checking out all the links in our description and then of course you can leave us a voicemail we also put our hot we we also put our hotline in there as well so i want to thank all of you guys for listening have a great one cheers cheers (laughs) 